Hello and welcome to a Drive In Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about movies every Tuesday and Thursday. But you might be asking a question. What is this? It's a Monday and I have a new Drive-In Double Feature podcast. Well, we're doing a special Friday the 13th week. We're doing a movie Monday through Friday all the way to, guess what? It's Friday the 13th. So we're doing all five of the first movies in the Friday the 13th franchise. Are you excited? Why are you doing this to me, Nathan? Why? (laughs) yeah at gunpoint i was like hey we have to do friday the 13th <laughs> no it, it it was very mutual I, i'm being funny the only the whole reason why this came about was i was at work mm-hmm. and i saw somebody left behind a friday the 13th pen and had a little jason on it like a little funko jason on it and yeah I'm like i think it's a sign and then you're like oh i'm down and i looked at the calendar i'm like it's friday the 13th next month yeah so it 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 ended up working out and i it's a it's definitely a franchise that i did want to cover at some point because it's a very synonymous with like horror slasher history it's like a huge it kind of works right into what we talk about on the show so what's been your experience with the franchise as a whole well this is a reason i'm really excited for it i don't really have much experience at all i've I've only ever seen the first one the one we're going to be covering today from 1980 and jason x oh yeah and jason x that was about it when i was a kid though my parents took me to see well my parents were going to go on a date. So I know mom and daddy listen. So you'll probably remember this. They were going on a date. I was whining and crying because I wanted to go to the movie theater with them on this date. So they ended up taking me. Um, but I think as some sort of punishment, they're like, all right, you're going to watch Jeepers Creepers or Freddy versus Jason. Make your choice. <laughs> and I picked what? Freddy versus Jason. Um, and now, why would, they, why would they let you choose that? I don't know, but I remember them asking me that. Um, yeah, and I. So did I, you? Were you aware of the two Freddy, 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 yeah. Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, because when you're that young, I feel like kids at school talk about Freddy and Jason. There was something about like even Michael Myers slasher killers. When you're younger, they like come up a lot. I I knew the killers before I had ever experienced any of those movies. I don't know if that was anything like that for you. So my history with that is I didn't see any of the Friday the 13th movies until I was a teenager, but I was very well aware of them growing up because I, you know, we, we talk about these experiences, you know, I used to love hanging out at the video store for hours. Like I'd go in and just look at the movies, even though I knew I wasn't going to rent them. And I, uh, I remember seeing Friday the 13th, in the horror section all the time. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, they made so many of these movies. And I just remember seeing all those. And I remember asking my mom if I could watch it. And she's like, no way. And <laughs> yeah. so then my only way to experience Friday the 13th, um, my brother, we had a Nintendo growing up. Do you, had the, you had the game. I had Friday the 13th. And I used to play Friday the 13th. It was very hard. Just, you know, when you're a little kid, you're just kind of doing stuff. Like when you're playing games, you don't really understand the clear objective and you don't have the mental dexterity or whatever to understand. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was hard. And, but playing it growing up later, it's still not a very good game. It's still (laughs) very hard. It's supposed to not be a really good game. I've never played it. (laughs) 
so that was my only experience. But the only thing, so one little story is that, um, so when I started getting like a little bit older, like I think I was like 10 or 11 or something like that. We actually went to a video store mm-hmm. and I asked my mom again, if I could watch her at the 13th and she's like, mm, let me ask somebody at the works of the video store. If you know, if it's, if it's okay to rent. Mm-hmm. So she asked somebody and this person turned out to be like a super horror fan. Really? And so much so to my detriment because she was like my mom she's like she asked my mom like oh have you seen friday the 13th and my mom's like i don't know maybe on tv or something like my mom's not like she doesn't remember a lot of movies she 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 she's she just she has her favorites and those are the ones she watches but so she doesn't recall seeing a lot of movies but um She's like, I don't know, maybe. And so this person went into like overdrive, be like, oh yeah, like, do you remember the scene where like he rips this kid's head off and like, <laughs> like all his blood's everywhere? And I'm like, Ugh. and I'm just thinking, like, you just ruined it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not watching it now. <laughs> yeah. And, but she was talking for maybe like 10 minutes, like very vividly, like describing all the kill scenes in like Friday the 13th. And oh, wow. <laughs> and also just, ruining the movie, huh? <laughs> I mean, I forgot about all that stuff by that point. But uh, anyway, I got to a certain age, uh, 14, I think, or 15. I was finally allowed to watch it. And I actually watched it with my mom. Nice, <laughs> nice. Did your mom enjoy it? <laughs> she was fine with it. But, you know, it again, like, once you see, I remember seeing, like, Friday the 13th and then thinking about, like, stuff I'd seen, like, in video games, like in Mortal Kombat or... Mm-hmm. whatever and i'm like this is not as bad as those games this is definitely yeah. not nearly as bloody as what i've seen yeah no uh just to like so it, have you seen any of the other friday the 13th movies i have only seen the first four and freddy versus jason okay cool so we're we're kind of in similar boats we'll be kind of going into this um but yeah that's my thing getting into friday the 13th the original it's it's very bare bones. It's more bare bones than I remember. It's been a few years since I've seen this. And it's a little tamer for a slasher. There are some really bloody scenes. But, you know, and maybe it's just because we just, uh, you know, not too long ago we did Bloodsucking Freaks. And that's changed my perspective on violence in movies. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It seemed like a little more of a bare bones slasher is what I would say. Yeah, well, it definitely feels like the other slasher movies that came out at the time, but what sets it apart is how well it's made. Yeah. Yeah. It's and very well made. Yeah. Like the movie has a very heavy emphasis on score. It has mm-hmm. a very heavy emphasis on camera work and special mm-hmm. effects. And, you know, I think even the kids in this movie are really relatable too. I mean, it's just yeah. it. So, I mean, it just, it kind of just, checked all the right boxes and i think that's kind of what made this movie so memorable yeah you know it's weird that i said this and it might be weird coming out of my mouth but this movie kind of hits a point where it's a comfort film and i only say that because it really hits those boxes it checks the boxes it feels like the quintessential slasher this just really does it well it's what you would expect and there's something nice about that i don't know it, it really just works so well all together it does i mean when you say slasher movie you 
this one immediately comes to mind. I mean, you know, there are other ones that maybe even do it a little better, like Halloween or something like that. But, you know, it's like, it kind of, see, it starts out really familiar. Like, it kind of starts out like a teen movie. Like, it kind of starts out like, these are just guys having fun at a camp, and then they're just, they're having a good time. And so it really just kind of, like, when the killer does finally show up, it's just kind of like, oh, wait, never mind. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then everything changes. Yeah, I forget which actor or actress said this, but they were like, oh, I think of this movie as a, fun you know summer camp romp about teenagers learning about themselves and oh they get killed as well yeah because it's kind of it's kind of like that you know there's a good chunk of this movie but there's like it's something silly uh, about it like they pull out monopoly and they play strip monopoly you know it's it's silly but it kind of like makes them all feel relatable you know they're just dumb teenagers kevin bacon is one of the teenagers awesome i can't believe that you know, it's really weird how almost every one of these horror franchises, there's at least one megastar in, like, the first movie. Like, yeah, like Johnny Depp, it, right? Johnny Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street, Kevin Bacon and this one, Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. It's just, it yeah. feels like almost every one of those movies are... Because, I, I mean, I think Corey Feldman is in the fourth one, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. And Chris, Crispin Glover. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, like, there really is no, like, mega star a-list actor and kevin bacon you know is in, is in this yeah exactly yeah it's uh it's very interesting what i like about this is this isn't considered an independent movie it's very cheaply made but i couldn't tell you that it, it really was i think it i think it does everything it does very well it does uh i mean they they actually film on an authentic campsite i mean they I mean, they they don't reveal who the killer is until the very end, and a lot of it, a lot of it's POV shots. Yeah, um, like, like I said, music is a heavy emphasis, and so much so that the music is almost like a character in this movie. Yeah, yeah, the it's so iconic, and the director said that the music only appears when the killer's around, which I think is a really fun way to play with music in your movie. Um, really makes it more dynamic because uh, music is a very important part of any movie, and I think. It just they really implement it well here, um, and and not like going back to what I said too. I mean, I you know you do have the music and then also too the special effects. Yeah, and this oh, movie yeah. and it's done by Tom Savini, who is like a wizard with these like blood and gore type of movies. Like he did Dawn of the Dead, a lot of George Romero movies. He's done a lot of even other like big Hollywood movies too. So, I mean, like, but even, like, the special effects now, I mean, there's some where it's very clearly, you know, it's, you could see how they did it. But, you know, some of them, you know, it's it's really good. Like, there's one scene where a girl gets an axe right in her face. And, yeah. I mean, it looks, it looks so realistic. Yeah, I think that's great. There's also the scene, uh, Kevin Bacon's death, where he gets the arrow from under the bed and it, like, goes out through his neck. I think that looks great. Like the way the blood like shoots and pulls up, it's it's extremely violent. I feel like he likes doing at least one thing where something just rips through the skin. And yeah, and he does a really great job. So, what did you think of like the other characters? Because one thing I don't, one trope I don't like in a lot of these types of movies, and it appears a lot in these horror type of genres, mm -hmm. is uh, having the uh, comedy character or like the guy that's like, I'm going to act like 
an idiot or like I'm here to just do jokes. I'm not here to have a personality mm-hmm. or anything. And that's that guy Ned where he like does these really awful pranks that yeah, just he- like uh, he sh- he shoots a bow and arrow while a girl is standing right next to the target. Like almost could have killed her. Yeah, yeah. So he's the only character I actually don't like in this movie. I think everyone else is pretty likable. I think they're fine, yeah. but him, he's just so annoying. He's he's the start of that slasher movie trope of like, oh, we got all these annoying characters, and you're gonna want to see them die. And that's how you feel if this guy's like, okay, when's he gonna die? How's this guy gonna die? <laughs> Except they p- portray him like he's lovable, like oh you, and yeah. there's, there's, and then another scene where he starts drowning, like fake drowning, and then when one what? of the girls does CPR on him, he just starts making out with her. Yeah, what an asshole! What asshole <laughs> fakes drowning, and to the point where they have to pull him out of the water? Like you got to be kidding me! Like I know. Thankfully, he's the first one to die out of the campers. Yes, yeah, and rightfully so. I think that's fine. Um, I actually really like the character of. Alice, um, who is kind of our lead actress, because um, you tend to find in some of these slashers, maybe the one that survives because, you know, the trope is like, oh, it always has to be a virgin. Kind of like, I don't know, they can be a little annoying, but she's just generally likable, and everybody kind of likes her. She doesn't really have any issues. Well, that's, I I mean, like, almost everybody in this movie, I mean, they act like real people. There's not like the, there's not like these one-dimensional character traits where it's like, oh, well, this one's the the stuck up one and this guy's the jock and this, you know, this girl's the brainy one or whatever. It's, it's nothing like that. I mean, they're all just very genuine people. I mean, they don't, it, it, like I said, it feels like real teens there. And, you know, she, there, there's not one character I disliked. And I think she's a really good protagonist though. I mean, cause you do kind of root for her. You don't want to see her die. No, no. Yeah. She, she's great. Yeah. You want to see her live through all of this. Yeah. And I mean, this movie is, very bare bones because that's the bulk of this movie right the very beginning is a girl trying to get in, get get to the summer camp and she goes through town and everybody's like oh you don't want to go there it's cursed and then yeah, they go they go the psycho route yeah exactly yeah and then she dies you know she dies immediately in the movie and then oh okay now it's summer camp time you know um well i guess the very beginning is whenever somebody dies the year after Jason drowns in Crystal Lake and it's set in the fifties. And I think this seems silly because it does not look like it's set in the fifties. No. <laughs> yeah. Like the kids all have hairstyles and dress like they're in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, exactly. So that doesn't look like they're from the fifties at all. Um, so, yeah. and, it, and it's kind of funny too. Cause he's like, uh, because it's all in first person the killer is just standing there and like pretty much trapped the girl in the corner, but the girl keeps like going back and forth left and right. And like, he keeps like kind of blocking her. Like when you accidentally block someone in the hallway, uh, which I think is kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, and then they do the freeze frame on her and that's, that's how the, that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of throat slashing in this movie. That seems to be the go to in this movie. We get a throat slash. We get an arrow through the throat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also get a head being chopped off. We also get... Yep, a full head being chopped off. Uh, we also get uh, an axe to the face. A lot of, a lot of throat slitting, though, like you said. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but you do at least get some variety. So it's crazy how iconic. So for some reason in my mind, I thought that the movie was set up where you thought the whole time Jason Voorhees was back and doing all the killing. But no, that's not really set up. It's no. more, It's more just like, oh, there's a killer here. You know, you actually don't really know any mystery or anything behind it other than the people at the beginning saying, oh, there's some weird stuff that happens at the camp. So one thing I kind of noticed is that I think the movie tries to kind of hint that maybe Bill, like one of the one of the camp counselor guys is actually the killer at one mm-hmm. point because there's the one scene where he uh, uh, Brenda gets killed. One of the other female camp counselors gets killed and mm-hmm. uh, Alice is able to hear her getting killed. And then when Bill comes back into the cabin after being out in the rain, She's like, did you see that? Like, did you hear what happened? He's like, no, it was really loud outside. What are you talking about? And just, he just, uh, so, I mean, that, I, I thought gotcha. they were kind of setting it up because he was, you didn't see what he was doing because he was out wandering around looking for everybody else. So mm-hmm. you, I think it, was, it may have been implied at least. I don't know, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that does make sense. Um, are they... I thought too, maybe Crazy Ralph. There maybe it, it was kind of like in plain, oh yeah, implying yeah. that maybe anybody could be the killer because Crazy Ralph, like this local crazy guy, uh, was um, he just was wandering on the camp, telling all everybody like, "You're doomed if you stay here." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe my judgment is a little clouded because, you know, it's a 40-year-old movie. I've seen it before. You know, I, I'm going to spoil it, but we know that Jason's mom is doing all the killing in this movie. And I feel like maybe I just already knew that, so I just wasn't reading all the red herrings properly. I was going to say that. So, I mean, so I mean, I've, you know, Jason is not the killer in this movie. So how often do you think people like they know who Jason is and they're waiting for Jason to show up this entire movie to be the killer? Like, cause you know, you already had the mental image, even before you see these movies, you're thinking like mm-hmm. a big guy in a hockey mask. Yeah. And Jason doesn't, doesn't do, doesn't even put on the hockey mask until later in the series. Yeah. Not even in the next one, he doesn't put in a ho- put on a hockey mask, which is interesting. So, so you're waiting this whole, movie for this hockey mask guy to show up and he never shows up and it's his mom it's like yeah. an it's like a woman in her 50s yeah, that's I, doing all the killing i think it makes for a pretty cool twist that wasn't intended right because i mean obviously that wasn't intended in this but i showed my fiance this movie a few years back and it was my first time watching it i already knew the ending i knew the the twist or i knew who the killer was but she didn't you know she assumed guy in hockey mask is going to be jason and she was really surprised she thought it was really cool that it wasn't jason um i don't know it just add, it makes like a cool conversation because it that's a common misconception of that jason's the, always the killer well, no not in the first one i'm just wondering how many people are like waiting for him to show up how disappointed they're like what what the heck like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that probably like halloween 3 where people hate that movie because michael myers isn't in it that they hate this one because jason doesn't show up um, well he i guess he does uh, as in child form yeah and that's i mean in the context of just within this movie it's not stated whether or not if it was a dream or not yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, I guess that scene was filmed after 
like they didn't plan on making that scene originally, but it's it's awesome. Even if it's a dream sequence where she wakes up, I think it's awesome where she's floating in the boat and then like the child Jason jumps out and drags her into the water. It's a pretty, you know, I think it's a good little jump scare. Yeah, it's definitely iconic. I mean, a lot of movies had done that beforehand. Well, I think Carrie was like an example where yeah. the hand came out of the grave at the very end. But uh, I mean, if you don't know that's going to happen, I mean, I could easily see being shocked because you wouldn't think like a, a little child was going to come out and just <laughs> start dragging a, dragging her underneath the water. Yeah. Um, but uh, some other things in here, like you said, they played Strip Monopoly. And this is just a little tangent, but they're like, oh, nobody lands on Baltic Avenue. And she asked for a boot. He's like, oh, well, since you landed on it, it's a boot. And I'm like, I don't think a boot is really fair to pay rent on Baltic Avenue. I mean, maybe like a wristwatch, maybe a sock. Yeah, exactly. Not a whole, okay. not a whole boot. Take your foot, out, your foot out of the boot, take off your sock, and then you can put your bare foot back in the boot, right? Right. I now, mean, Baltic Avenue, it's like, it's only $60 on the board, Nathan. I mean, yeah, come yeah. on, give me a break. But what what is boardwalk in strip monopoly terms? Like, like oh, it's, I mean, that's like your underwear. Yeah, that's like every like dang like that sucks enough. But no one lands on boardwalk either. So and if you get free parking, you get to put a clothes back on. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you, you, you put you know you, house rules. You put the, your clothes under free parking. You land on it. You put on that person's clothes. It's just how it goes. Uh, as it always is. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, but going off that dumb rant. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, one other thing that is very annoying because it does this. It does a, like the one slasher trait is uh, at it's the final sequence. We revealed that Mrs. Voorhees is the killer and she's going after Alice. And there's multiple times where Alice just kind of like knocks her over and then just runs away. And I'm like, yeah. she's completely prone on the ground. Like you could just kill her so easily. And you just you're like, I'm going to run. Yeah. And I, and my other thing is, is like, okay, she is the killer right and she's like murdered all of these kids she literally has thrown a dead body in the window to scare alice (laughs) and yet she alice easily knocks her out multiple times it's like once she's not like the hidden killer she becomes like weak because she like gets knocked out so easily and yeah why is alice not killing her why is alice just like whacking her in the back and running multiple times and I mean, when I was thinking about it, it kind of does make sense with the kills because it is a, raw, a lot of stealthy kills. You know, like yeah. Jason, like in other movies, you know, just full on just mutilates somebody or like, you know, punches them and it kills them with one punch or something stupid like that. But yeah. in this one, it's it's all really stealthy type of kills. And I was like, okay, well, you know, she's an older lady. So that's like the only way she could kind of get the jump on these younger people. So that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. So that made sense to me. But then, like you said, when it's like she can throw a whole body through a window, or uh, and then this one teenage girl is able to just overpower her. <laughs> so yeah, oh, no, I was gonna. Say, I was just gonna talk about um, the actress that plays the mom. Uh, do you remember her name off the top? Of Betsy your head? Palmer. Betsy Palmer, who is like a, actually in classic films and stuff. She shows up in this, and uh, I, I love her performance in this. I won't say that it's great, but there's something about it that I really like, like that she does, even though it was just a paycheck movie to her. So, yeah, she is great in this movie. I 
she definitely hams it up. I mean, oh, she yeah. is like, I'm going all out because I do not care at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess I can get into it now. I did my own research for this movie. Um, Whoa. <laughs> I did, uh, I watched, so there's a five hour documentary about Jason called Camp Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. And I actually watched it and they actually interviewed the entire cast and crew of the first movie and they go through chronologically through each movie. Oh, that's neat. Um, so the bit I watched, so Betsy Palmer, they interviewed her. Um, she, in her words, she said, I thought the movie was a total piece of shit when I read the script. Um, and she said, I thought nobody would ever see it. And <laughs> look at it now. So, uh, so there's, there's other aspects in there, but she, they, like you said, it was pretty much just a paycheck for her. And she even said like, if I didn't need the money to buy a new car, I wouldn't have even done this movie. That's right. That's um, so that's, she really said that because I, that's the rumor I always heard that she did it to buy a car. And then that was it. Yeah, she said that. and That's uh, awesome. And uh, there was lots of really cool facts about this movie. So kind of going back to the beginning is that this movie was sold on the title alone. Yeah, yeah. They like placed ads for it. They had like an ad for it before it was even a thing, right? They didn't, they didn't have a script. They just, they yeah. said it was, they just, they would, they sold this movie on a title alone and just said Friday the 13th, one of the most terrifying movies you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, honestly, I mean, there is power behind the name, I guess, because look, look at it now. Well, and the other thing too, is that Sean Cunningham's name had a little bit of weight to it at the time because Sean Cunningham also worked with Wes Craven on last house on the left. So oh, it, yeah. on the poster, it would say from the people that brought you last house on the left. Gotcha. And that already brings in a whole audience. Right. And there was, you know, they, they worked on this movie. They pretty much were just like directly ripping off Halloween. A lot of times they were saying, and like (laughs) just pulling like a lot of stuff from that. And uh, they were like, but they wanted to do it across between Halloween and the movie meatballs, that movie with Bill Murray, where he was a counselor. Yeah. I watched that the other week, actually. Oh yeah, funny aside. It's, a, it's not a bad movie, but anyway, um, it's that that was kind of like their premise to it, and uh, you know they were hiring all these unknown actors and actresses, and Kevin Bacon. They talk about hiring him, and you know at that point, the only thing he had done before that was Animal House, mm-hmm. and he was in that for a couple of minutes, and they're like they asked like. They, the, the casting director that interviewed him, they said, oh, yeah, we hired Kevin Bacon. His agent said, uh, what's, what's Kevin Bacon going to be doing in this movie? And they're like, oh, well, there's going to be a scene with him where he makes love to a girl. And he, they're like, oh, Kevin loves doing those types of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> the composer took the phrase from the movie that Betsy Palmer says, because Betsy Palmer thinks that she's hearing her dead son talking to her, saying, kill her, mommy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took the phrase kill and mommy so it goes that's good so that's how they that's how they did that phrase and um they said also too was uh <laughs> betsy palmer was really funny like during these interviews because she she was just really frank about all this stuff that's awesome um she uh uh like the scene where she said uh 
the scene where she fought Alice um, and there's a scene where she slaps Alice and uh, she said, well, on the stage, we just, anytime there was a fight scene, we would just slap people for real. So I just slapped the shit out of her. And, <laughs> and uh, she said that Alice, uh, the actress, Adrian King, like ran off set and said, Sean, she hit me. Oh. And, and, and she said the director had to come up to her and said, oh, Betsy, we don't actually hit people like when we're doing these types of scenes. She's like, well, how are you going to get the sound? It's like, oh. I'll just put it in the post later. <laughs> come on, Betsy. <laughs> come on. Like, just like. Just More like slapping. Betsy just wanted to slap the shit out of her for some reason. Yeah, Betsy punch her. Maybe oh, yeah. not Palmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so the other thing, too, was uh, at the end of the movie, like we said, Jason comes out of the water. Um, they said, too, that was a direct ripoff from Carrie because they wanted something like that at the end. And mm-hmm. it's a really long scene because it's really tranquil and you're kind of thinking something might happen, but it gets to the point where it goes on so long that you think nothing's going to happen, but then something does. So, you know, they show Jason and during the documentary, they show special effects of what it looked, you know, Jason's face looked like. And it's, you know, deformed, you know, he's got like a big head and his eyes messed up and his mouth is all misshapen. And uh, Betsy said, uh, she said, why, why does that little boy look like that? They're like, oh, well, that's, that's your, that's your son for the movie. And she said, why does he look like that? And he's like, oh, well, they, and, and their words, they said, oh, he's a mongoloid. <laughs> and, um, she, they, and Betsy said, I screamed at them. I said, that was not in the script. Oh my God. She's, she's just so offended by having a, a deformed kid. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but it's, that's it. The, it and she was great. I cannot stress that enough. The, the whole uh, documentary is on YouTube. I cannot uh, just watch that. Just watch her stuff. She's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so when this movie came out, it was it was a big hit with yeah, huge. Uh, with audience. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like number one at the box office. And I, in fact, I think it came out around the same time as The Shining. Yeah, nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, this movie was detested by critics. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, like Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel making a whole episode about how awful slasher movies are, uh, mainly making this one of theirs, like, the point of it all. Yeah, they say, again, they say it's very misogynistic and saying that it's not, it's, Gene Siskel's word was it's telling women to get back into the kitchen and putting them in their place. I I didn't see that at all. I didn't get that impression. Even, even the actresses in the movie said that they actually felt empowered because Alice is the last. She even said it's like the final battle is between two women. Yeah. I always thought that argument was so stupid because these movies are synonymous with having the final woman, you know, the woman that fights back. And like, because like in that same, they did a whole episode and they talked about how Halloween's actually good because Laurie Strode fights back, but so does Alice. I I, I don't know, it's weird. And they, she, Jason doesn't just kill women in this one; he kills just as many men as well. So I don't know. Well, Jason doesn't kill any people in this oh, movie. Nathan. You're right; it's Jason's <laughs> mom that kills. Look at me; I'm the one getting it wrong. <laughs> um, 
So I'm glad you mentioned Gene Siskel. He did one of the most messed up things I've ever seen a reviewer do. What he did? Um, oh, he they yes. they they show so they they show the article in the documentary to prove that it's real, but he was so against this movie that he told he published Betsy Palmer's address and told people to send her hate letters about how much they hate this movie. Yeah. Like just said, like she lives in this town, just put her name on it. They'll send it to her. I guarantee it. Like basically and like, and then Betsy Palmer that like I said, she got like all this hate mail and things like that. So. Yeah. Awful. No, on the episode that they recorded, they, they talk about just, Oh yeah. The producers, them, we send them letters, tell them that you don't want garbage like this. It's just, just like so insane. That's just that, that to me is so pompous and so arrogant and just like, you're just, you're wanting to ruin people's lives and like affect their lives because you didn't like their movie. Yeah. That that's, that's definitely where like the whole, like a oh, stuck up critic come comes from stuff like that happening. They definitely have their influence and I, you know, they, Oh they, no. I, yeah. I love had the great, guys. Don't get me but wrong. But they, but you know, they had their heads up their own asses at some <laughs> points too. So I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Yeah. For um, sure. The other thing too was, uh, the scene where that's, you know, at the very end, uh, Betsy Palmer gets beheaded and they mm-hmm. even asked her, it's like, Oh, do you want to see how we're going to shoot the scene, Betsy? And Betsy said, I couldn't care less how you're going to chop my head off in this movie. <laughs> she <laughs> and, sounds like a joy to have on set. <laughs> and, uh, they asked her again about the Gene Siskel thing, uh, about them sending letters. And she even said, People only criticize because they can't do what we can do or something like that. And Oh, that classic argument. Gotcha. So it was it was something like that. So she doesn't take critics very seriously. And she That's didn't good. take she didn't take threats being sent to her house very seriously either. Yeah, she's really in it for a good paycheck. Good for her. She she, she pulled um, even if she's saying all this stuff, she did pull out a great performance, so uh, last thing I will say in this documentary they talked about is uh, Adrian King, the actress that played Alice, she said she had a great time for leading up to the release of the movie, but then this movie led to her having a stalker after oh, this. Oh, that sucks. And she said she had a stalker for over a year and that eventually like, had sent her threatening letters. They had broken into her house when she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And she said, even the messed up part was that eventually this person worked her worked their way into her life, like pretending to be their friend, and oh, like wow. went like the complete route where it just like totally manipulated her into thinking that she was friends with them, and basically feeding this person information about her whereabouts. So that way, he could still stalk stalk her even even afterwards and. They said it came to a head where she eventually had a gun to her head by the guy. And, oh, my God. And she was able to talk him out of it. And then, but she, then she's, but then after me, I was just, but everybody else has been really friendly, all my other fans. This movie. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, people have died from crazy fans, you know, been shot and killed by them. So the good thing she lived through that. That is the worst situation you could ever be in as a celebrity. Like, God. I know, but it it's I like I said, I recommend checking out the documentary. It's really good. And uh another thing too I watched was uh 
which I'm not going to get into it, but it's just, it was funny to watch. It was uh, Joe Bob Briggs. We've talked about him before. Yeah. He did it. He did his own Friday the 13th marathon. If you go on YouTube, his, all of his segments, not the movies, but all the segments that were in between the movies and commercial breaks, they're all on YouTube and you can watch it. He's like kind of giving running commentary and it's actually really funny. No, I mean, Joe Bob Briggs is, is amazing. So Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he rec- recommends these movies wholeheartedly. I'm sure he loves them. Yeah, he even said, like, so this movie came out the same week as The Shining. Like, which one had more influence? <laughs> and so it was implying that, you know, this one had a lot more influence than The Shining. So, Well, he might not be wrong. I, you um, know, this until movie Ready be- Player One. So, <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't. Oh gosh, we wouldn't have that classic scene. That beautiful scene. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie did spawn a whole series of uh, copycats. Oh yeah, yes it did. Uh, tons of them. Uh, the one I think of that comes immediately to my mind is Sleepaway Camp. Good old Sleepaway Camp. There's that one, and then there's other holiday-based uh, movies. Oh there's- yes, yeah happy birthday to me there's mother's day there's april fool's day yeah any every holiday garbage day garbage day yeah (laughs) they even got that far um yeah no there's uh, there's a slew of christmas horror i can tell you that this was the movie halloween is the quintessential slasher but friday the 13th was the slasher movie that made that formula that everybody was going to base it off of for the 80s yeah i mean i think the difference is is that friday the 13th is a great slasher movie Mm -hmm. and halloween is just a great movie yeah halloween's one of my all-time favorites and then friday the 13th i wouldn't put it up there but it's just a, a fun movie it's just a really enjoyable horror movie and going into it, I, 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 by the end of watching it, I can definitely say, because I remember watching it even as I, like I said, going back all those years, I was remembering what I thought about it. And I remember thinking like, yeah, it was just okay. You know, it's mm-hmm. by, you know, cause like I said, like, oh, I've seen way scarier stuff at that point. And, uh, but you know, watching it now, I definitely appreciate it a lot more. I can definitely go with a lot more technical and critical lens to it and i can say like no there's actually a lot in here that works really well and i can definitely see how it stands the test of time yeah totally i i totally agree looking at it now i'm like yeah it's an enjoyable movie so it's definitely uh it it definitely deserves its place in time we'll i guess we'll see about the sequels though i think we're going to be start seeing a little bit of a decline but (laughs) It's, uh, I think, I, well, I don't want to speak too soon because I haven't seen all of them, but I think this is probably the best one. And I'm predicting it's going to be the best one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely see once we reach the end of this week after we, you know, we get to the fifth one, how, how it stacks, right? Well, I'm sure at the end of it, we'll be like, okay, what, what, what has happened we'll, in all this time? We'll do a final ranking. We'll we'll each rank our own Friday the thirteenth. We'll let you know what order we see the first five in. Exactly. So I'm really excited for that. So I mean, I'm gonna ask you, pretty sure everybody here knows what's up next, but what 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 are we gonna be doing next? Well, Nathan, we're gonna be doing Nightmare on Elm Street too. Uh no. obviously. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. <laughs> no, we will be doing Friday the thirteenth, part two. Um 
I don't, I'm not sure if that one's available anywhere, but I mean, it's on, um, it's on Paramount plus. Uh, so the first two and then past five, five and up for some reason, three and four are not on Paramount plus, but all the rest are on there. So, well, if you want part three, you're going to have to see it in your local 3d theater. Yes. Yeah. Which <laughs> don't worry. Orlando has one running all the time. Um, but you know, what's awesome is that you won't have to wait days for us to cover part two. It's coming out tomorrow. So you'll get to hear us talk about it tomorrow. We're, we're burning the midnight oil. We're just going to be sitting here and watching these movies constantly. <laughs> yeah. Constantly podcasting. Yeah. So <laughs> stay tuned for the live podcast right, right after this. We need a 12 hour break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to sleep and eat. And then I'm back <laughs> here. <laughs> If you have any other memories of Friday the 13th or any thoughts or opinions of this podcast, please email us at driveindoublefeaturepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at DIDFpod, where we will constantly update you on what's coming up. But until next time. Until next time. (laughs) 